in to mother the incredible, emotional, and life-changing transformation we take when we go on our journey into motherhood. From all things conception to postpartum and parenthood, I will be talking with parents and hearing their stories of navigating these times while sharing helpful information along the way. Together, we'll be covering all stories, no matter how you have chosen to conceive, birth, or parent. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the Maiden to Mother journey. Today we are speaking with Kate Golay. Kate, how are you going? Hello, I'm so good. Thank you. Excited to be here. Thank you so much for coming on. Can you start off by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about yourself and who's in your family and where you guys live? I sure can. So I am a mama to three. My babies are now almost 11, 13 and 15. Uh, we have moved this, in this last year to a property um, just in northern New South Wales and so we're on land now, which is really, really awesome. We were a beach family for a good amount of time prior to that. And I have um, been in the wellness space for the last 20 years. So uh, I guess before I became a mum was really helping a lot of families on their wellness journey um, to begin with. So I, I love being able to talk about, you know, birth and pregnancy and all of these things, because I've seen so much, I guess, not only just from my own three kids, but being able to help other families too. Absolutely. That's so amazing. And your farm life with the kids just looks so incredible. It's fun. We we now homeschool our kids. So we're three years into homeschooling and I think having the space and the land and the animals and we get to grow our own produce and just have, um, we're raising free range kids. And, and that's been a really fun transition uh, for the entire family to, to go through. Yeah, it's super inspirational. I love watching you guys on, on Instagram and stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and you've got a couple of things that we'd like to talk about for um, our listeners. The first being your documentary called Overfed and Undernourished. Could you tell us a little bit about that documentary? Yeah, um, that was uh, something that just happened uh, where, <laughs> like, it, it was one day we said we'd love to create a documentary in the health space. Um, and um, my nephew actually um, was the topic, I guess, of this documentary. He came to us at 12 years old and over 80 kilos. And this poor little oh. darling, he'd gone through so much um, through family loss and just lots of different things emotionally. And we just saw the light kind of fading out of, of his eyes. And his dad said to us, look, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to help him. There's three other siblings as well. And can you guys help? And so with everything that we had been doing in the wellness space and helping other families, like if we can't help our own family, like what are we doing? So Liam moved in with us and the documentary is his journey of um, transforming himself, finding himself again. And it's not about weight loss, although weight loss does happen for him, but it's about getting back to basics and the things that fill up our cup and nurture our soul and nourish our body. And so uh, it's it's a beautiful story. And we've got lots of different health professionals um, scattered throughout the story so that families can actually sit down and watch this together. And, you know, it's really easy to become addicted to screens. It's really easy to grab food that's just on the go. It's really easy to 
um, not be as connected as a family as we might have thought we would be. And so the things that you can do to bring all of that back um, to the forefront. So, yeah, that's it's, it's his journey of him living and transforming over a four-month period of time. And it's been amazing, the, um, the feedback and the response that we've had from people from watching it. It's amazing. I have personally watched the documentary and I would highly recommend. And where could our listeners find that? Uh, you can rent or download it on iTunes. So if you just search Overfed and Undernourished, you'll be able to um, watch a copy there or also on Vimeo. It's available there too. It's an amazing documentary and it's very inspiring. Well done on that one. Thank you. Um, and then you also have a beautiful podcast called Empowered Lifestyle. Um, could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, we are all about helping people live their best life. And I think as we're homeschooling our kids as well, we're looking at what are the things, what are the essentials that if we could, you know, learn when we were younger, how would that transform our life for the better? And so we're talking about topics around wealth and finances, around health and longevity, around relationships, um, you know, talking to people that are really excelling in different areas of life and pulling out the, the gold from their lessons and showing people how to integrate that into whatever life looks like for them. So we love it because it's it's just about helping people elevate um, and, and take another step further to the life that they want to create and, and being empowered versus just feeling like you're solving problems and putting out fires all the time. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's a big passion of ours. That's amazing. And I'll um, link that information into your show notes so people can find uh, your podcast. And then lastly, before we get into the journey with your kids, you also have a book called Raising Healthy Families. Could you tell us a little bit about that as well? Yeah. Um, look, as I went through my journey, which I'll share in just a moment of my pregnancy and birthing and early mamahood phases, I uh, had some beautiful mentors that really helped shape that journey for me that were in my corner and I was I wanted to read all the books out there that I think a lot of mainstream parents to be are going to read and I was looking at the gaps of like if I just knew this if I had this information um, it would have made the journey a lot better. So it's almost like I wrote that book for me <laughs> if I was yeah. to have another baby. Um, and so it, it, it's something that I, I walk through all of my pregnancies, all the emotions, all of the external opinions and just different things that we were facing and then how to raise your babies on your own terms. Um, plus the the lessons that I got to learn from my beautiful midwife and, and other um, people that have just walked the path before me around first foods and breastfeeding and all the things that can just be so emotional and confusing. And so that's why I wrote the book. And uh, yeah, just giving mamas the opportunity and reminder to follow their own intuition. Incredible. And where can our listeners find that book as well? Um, I, I will pop, I'll give you the link, but if they can go to yep. my website, um, kategolay.com and it's forward slash families, they can... Um, get a copy of the book there too. Amazing. Now let's move on in onto your motherhood journey. Yeah. What's your eldest name? Uh, Xavier. He's 50. Xavier. Yeah. Yeah. And and you and your husband Anthony, how long have you guys been together for? Oh, a long time. So uh, <laughs> actually I, we started dating when I was 16. So we oh. were like high school sweethearts. Oh, incredible. <laughs> so was Xavier a planned pregnancy? 
Yeah, and I think, um, like I mentioned before, being in that wellness space, I'd seen so much before even thinking about being a mum myself. We'd been married six years um, before deciding to start a family and it was a very deliberate. So um, I had been in the wellness detoxing space. So I, I personally went through like a fasting and a juice cleanse and I had Anthony, my husband, do the same because I think sometimes it's mama does all the prep and mm. I was like, hey, I, I got one job. But it's like, <laughs> well, let's have the quality of that one job be amazing because that's yeah. <laughs> Firm and being as healthy as possible so we both actually like cleanse together so that we were in um the best physical and and you know i guess healthy state that we could be before we wanted to bring a baby into the world so that was kind of our belief and philosophy in starting things out and um so that was a good thing <laughs> to kind of do be on the same page together i guess yeah yeah absolutely how many months would you say that you were preparing before you tried to start conceiving yeah, we, we wanted to, we, we had a three month um, phase that we went through like that detoxing and just really, um, yeah, nourishing our bodies on a, on a deeper level than we already were. Um, no alcohol, all that kind of stuff. So that was, um, then when we actually decided to start trying, we were pregnant in the first month, which was a little bit uh, unexpected, like, oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's game on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was, yeah. And I think just, I think with your first, yeah, you have probably, if I look at the second and the third, you, you're probably more thoughtful and um, you plan a little bit differently when, when it, it is the first time. So I was mm. very um, deliberate in all of that. Uh, in saying that, then I got pregnant and I was eating so all these beautiful whole foods and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to like have all these raw salads and nourish my body. And then I got to a point where I'm like, if I stare at broccoli, I'm going to throw up. So <laughs> and it was like veggie my toast that was getting me through. And I was horrified. I was like, oh, I remember just feeling so bad. Like, what are you doing? But I just that was that was my option that I could just, try to keep down. You gotta for do that. what you gotta do. Hundred percent. And so it was a really um it was a good lesson in that. Like I just think you you can prepare for anything as best as you can, but sometimes this journey of pregnancy is going to take you on a path that you might not anticipate and it's just embracing that and not um, beating yourself down or up for, you know, for, for not sticking to the plan. And in this pregnancy, did you have um, like a plan on where you wanted to birth? Yeah, I, uh, I had a, I guess, again, being in that wellness space for so long and having lots of mamas coming in under our care in our wellness centers and chiropractic centers. My husband's a chiropractor. Um, I had a lot of evidence of a lot of mamas that did not have great experiences in hospital. And I yep. know there's many that do, and, and that's wonderful for my, this, the I guess the experience I had, it was like not a lot of good stories. And I just did, I don't feel comfortable in them. I was like, that's just not for me. So I just knew that I wanted to find a midwife that um, could support me in home birthing. So, yeah. um, and I was able to find a lady and she was just like my little Yoda. Like she's just, this, <laughs> she'd actually done over 1800 home births in her time. Amazing. Phenomenal. And her name was Marion and she just, had this wisdom and this knowing that I just felt like she's got me and I felt so at ease around her throughout the entire time. 
Um, so yeah, that was the path that we decided to go down, which was really good for us. That's incredible. So I feel like home birth has really exploded these mm. last few years, which is amazing. Yes. Um, but that was like 15 years ago. Did you have trouble finding a midwife to, you know, to birth with? Um, it, easy? it was, I didn't, I wouldn't say I had trouble. I definitely connected with a few and then I went with who felt right to me. That was really important. Um, I just think some of the rules and regulations now as well, or even back then, it just made amazing midwives and doulas hard hard for them to do their jobs like yeah the things that they know and and what they're up against with some of the yeah just like other governing bodies and things is really challenging so i i found her relatively quickly um but you know i think for for some people they do find it hard to find their person and feel feel comfortable with yeah yeah and with, this was on the gold coast at the time yeah 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 and so how was the rest of your pregnancy the rest of the pregnancy was great. After I got through that first little phase um, yeah. of Vegemite toast, Vegemite. <laughs> I felt amazing and really had great energy and felt good all the way through. Um, and so, yeah, no, the rest of the pregnancy was great. I, um, I actually felt really good. The, the Vegemite toast thing lasted for a little while. <laughs> and, uh, and then just, yeah, really, I was, you know, working in our business still and, and juggling lots of things, but I had the energy to do it, which was, which was great. That's so good. Yeah. Take us to, um, if you recall the details, I know it could probably be a little bit hazy or I forget my birth that was only a year ago, but <laughs> those first signs of labour. Yeah. Well, I um, I was actually, funny story, one of my staff members um, that was kind of my right-hand person decided to give me notice that they were no longer going to be working for me a week before I was due with Xavier. <laughs> um, so this mama lioness came out of me and I was just like, right, you know, no one messes with me or my family. Anyway, it was the busiest time in my business in January where everyone wanted to detox and do cleanses and stuff. And so I had early signs of labor and I had clients that I, only I could see. So I literally um, had some just some cramps and things. Uh, and I was like, oh, this seems kind of consistent. Um, and I checked in with my midwife and she's like, yep, totally fine. Everything sounds like it's progressing. Just you've just got the early, early stages. So just go about your day. And one of the things she always said was, like, don't don't stare at the clock. Don't like, you can kind of just paralyze yourself and just get so um, addicted to, oh, how many minutes am I apart? Just just go through your day and just allow it to unfold. So I ended up seeing clients um, and I was having, you know, the contractions started to kind of get 10-ish minutes apart and relatively, um, you know, I, I definitely was feeling it. And they were like, oh, so when are you due? And I'm like, oh, I think pretty soon. And it was <laughs> It was not how I anticipated my labor starting or the beginning of birth, but it was just like one of those things. I'm like, I ha I, I don't have another option. And um, yeah, so that was kind of interesting. <laughs> um, and the busy uh, mama. yeah, it was. Yeah. But anyway, <clears throat> that night things started to really progress when Anthony, um, he was home and the midwife came around at about 10 PM. So it was about, I had the first kind of like light signs of labor at about 6am and then things didn't really kick off till 10 or so that night. 
Um, and yeah, so I kind of alternated between going into the water, but I actually, I'm not a bath person. So I found that really slowed me down. So I got back out of the bath, um, and then just like lots of walking and pacing and, you know, just foot massages and different reflexology things and just trying to get into all sorts of different positions to, to be comfortable. But the labor, um, I don't, I don't think you, you never know. It doesn't matter what, how many classes you do, and I'm sure you, you're going to agree on this. And you don't really know what a push is until, like, it's so, you know, you might think of what it is in your head, but what it is physically is so different. And yeah. um, so I uh, I remember going through and just it's like 3 a.m. and there's still not a lot of action going on and I'm just getting just I'm getting a bit worried, you know, and I just remember looking at Marion and I, I didn't have any clocks or anything around. I didn't want to be aware of the time. Um, and I'm like, are we good? She's like, we're good. We're good. Like everything's fine. Heart rate's fine. There's no, there's no challenges at all. Um, but I just, you know, I think I had a, an idea of, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to have this baby in my arms before midnight and mm. <laughs> this baby was not coming. So um, that journey was just that, that, um, the art of allowing and trusting, you know, the people around you and your body, that was really big lesson for me. And then the sun started to come up and I'm just like, are you kidding? Like I'm, mm. I'm exhausted. Um, Anthony and Marion had had little power naps through the night and I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this isn't, this is not how I planned it. Anyway, he was born early um, on sunrise um, the next day and it was, it was amazing. Like I just think I remember feeling when I got to feel his head for the first time just to, oh, my gosh, okay, it's, it's actually happening and just uh, having him, you know, in my arms afterwards. And I remember Marion saying, if you had have been in hospital, you wouldn't have had a home birth. Like you, you wouldn't have had a natural birth. They would have mm. done this, this and this. And I just remember breaking down and just crying just Oh, there's so many emotions that are running through you, but just like I'm so glad I, I stayed with this and everything was good and everything was safe and he's good. And, um, yeah, it was it was a surreal experience. And even though it was 15 years ago, I actually every birthday for each of my children around the time of their birth, I just make sure I take a moment for myself and go back to that moment because as much as it is a celebration of their life, it's a celebration of, us as women, as mamas, and what we have been through at that time too. Mm. So the memories are actually really fresh considering, you know, he's that old. So that's amazing. It, it And I completely agree. Like it's not just a baby that gets born that day. It's a birth of a mama as well. So, and that sounds so beautiful. How was your postpartum period then? Uh, it was actually pretty good. I, um, I had some mild grazing and things so I, my midwife had like a herbal little bath that I would sit in and just help with that um she said look you could go and get some stitches and things if you want and I'm like look I've come this far to you know avoid for me that was what I wanted to avoid um any kind of intervention if I could and so I was like I don't want to go somewhere now I'm in my bubble yeah <laughs> uh, I, I'm just happy to be here but I remember her leaving us for the first time and just having him in my arms was like, oh, my gosh, like we it's, it's just me and Ant and we need to figure out like what to do with this thing and, you know, <laughs> 
intense. Like it was such a like, oh, okay then. But um, he fed amazing and yeah, my milk came in and everything kind of was going well. I think um, it was just, just we we had him sleeping in our bed as well. So that was really big um, for us. I think it just allowed me to sleep better. I know lots of people have different opinions and approaches to that, but for us, having him right there, I could literally roll over and feed on my side mm. um, and I'd drift off back to sleep and so would he. And so uh, I remember my mum sharing with me like, you know, she'd have to get up and go into our room and feed us and then put us back to sleep and then walk back to bed. I'm like, I can't imagine. <laughs> I don't think I could do that. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was um, it was really good for us. And I think just my midwife was really big on do not move. Yes, you might be able to get up and go do that in the kitchen or whatever, but this is a time for your body to rest and to really you've gone through a lot and everything needs to kind of come back together and there's so many hormones and, you know, different ligaments that have been stretched in different ways like you need to rest. And I had a really hard time or have a really hard time asking for help, but that's just not me. Mm. I can do it. I can do it. But she was so firm on that. I really listened. So I was resting or not up on my feet a lot. And I had, um, I wore something called called the, a belly bandit, which is like a, a wrap around my belly just to help bring and support everything um, in as well. Um, and so, yeah, I just was a lot of being horizontal as much as I could and you know my mum came and helped do, do the laundry and different things and yeah so just that that cocoon where we didn't have a lot of visitors we just really kept it um you know a little bubble which was really nice oh that sounds so beautiful and well we'll move on to your second now because we've got the three kiddos to get yeah. through <laughs> what's your second's name again his name is Bodie. Bodie, yeah. And how um, far apart were Xavier and Bodie? They're two years. Two uh, years. Yeah. Yeah. So could you tell us about um, your your plans with Bodie? Was that a planned pregnancy as well? We always knew we were going to have three, but um, when I actually got pregnant with him, we, we were not expecting or planning that so he was a surprise so the whole I'm gonna detox and do all this good stuff <laughs> that didn't happen um and so I was like oh no like <laughs> I've stuffed it up but you can't stuff it up no um, and so I think just with him and just that whole juggle of having a, another little one that needs you and being pregnant, it's it's a it's a real journey. Um and so I think I, I wasn't prepared for that extra toll that it kind of can take on you when you've got another little one just that is finding their voice and, you know, getting stronger and more opinionated and you're, <laughs> you know, you're pregnant too. So his pregnancy, Bodhi's pregnancy was great. Um, I didn't, I wasn't unwell or anything like that. I think it was just tired from having Zave and, and just, you know, juggling that. Um, but I, I went over with Bodhi. So he was actually due on between Christmas and New Year's. Um, and I didn't have him until the 21st of January. Yeah, which is actually <laughs> something I really wanted to hone in on. So yeah. you were 44 weeks when yeah. you um, went into labour. Because yeah. were you with the same midwife this time? Yes, yes, I had her the same with the three births, which was really special. Um, so I had amazing. that immediate trust with her. And I also, and again, I know not everyone sees the world the same. And I love that you're doing this because everyone has a different, I guess everyone's got a different set of values and 
how they want to do birth and pregnancy. For me, um, with what I had learned, I chose to not have any ultrasounds. So I didn't want to know the sex of my baby and I didn't want to have ultrasounds on any of them. And um, I just knew that if my midwife said, look, I think we should look into this further, we would, but there wasn't a need to unless that was the case. Yeah. And so um, with with me being due around Christmas, New Year's, everyone is on holidays, right? And they're like, oh, my gosh, when have you had? I had a, a girlfriend message me mid-January going, I can't believe you haven't messaged me to let me know you've had your baby. And I'm like, yeah, that's because I'm still pregnant. And um, <laughs> all these people are like, are you going to get induced? But like so my, so many opinions came at me. Yeah. It was really challenging. And I um, I had to just go a bit of a hermit crab um, for that last phase because it was really tough. Anthony, um, being a chiropractor with all of his patients, they're like, oh, aren't you going to do something? Aren't you going like he would get it all day with his patients because they all like knew our family and what was going on. And it was, it was tough. So um, I then towards that last kind of week or so before Bodhi was born, I, I was just getting really emotional. I th- it wasn't that I, I was a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> well, yeah, we heavily, heavily pregnant. So but it, was, it was hot, you know, and then I yeah. had Xavier crawling all over me as well and it's just like, okay. But then um, I just, the emotions are really getting to me and I think I just was doing my best to not take other people's stuff on, but it was just coming at me in a lot of different directions. And um, I said to my midwife, look, if I need to get an ultrasound so that we can just check and make sure everything's okay, I'm totally fine with that. And she said, look, there's a there's a birthing centre. Um, there was one in, in Mullumbimby at the time that I, we went down to and there was a doctor that she really loved working with and he checked me. Um, he did. He just with a stethoscope and um, and just just feeling. And he just said, "Look, there's plenty of water around Bob. He's in a great position. There's nothing to be worried about. We do not need to do an ultrasound. I'm really happy with how things are looking." Um, and then you know, I did more reading. There's a beautiful book, and the name of it escapes me right this second. <laughs> That's um, okay. We can we can put it in later in, in the Instagram notes. Right. Uh, about just you know if you were to live in France for example and other countries there isn't a due date they don't put all this pressure on you to make sure you have this baby by this time and the amount of 44-week pregnancies that are out there is actually a lot if you allow it to be so I just started reading more of those stories and just reminding myself of that and that it's not our body that starts labor it's the baby lets the body know that they're ready to, to come join us earthside and uh, so I just trusted and we went into labor um, that it was an, in the afternoon. I remember I'd done the last grocery shop so many times, like, <laughs> okay, just one more grocery shop. Yeah. And then I'll get stocked up for the week and then everything be fine. Well, I'd done that four times. with this. So, but I actually I had early um, signs of, of some contractions kind of in that mid-afternoon. So I went, right, we're going to Woolies. I just went and did the last shop. And um, and he was born early in the morning. And I was able to have a water birth with him, which was really cool. And um, we wanted Xavier to be there for his birth. And so Xavier's almost well, pretty much two years old. And, um, and so he was sound asleep all through my labour, which was great because I wasn't sure how that would work and I didn't want to scare him and I didn't want to not make the noises I needed to if I needed to yeah Um, and so we uh, had a a bar a corner bath in our bathroom that I was in and um 
Anyway, Aunt went and got, oh no, my sister, I'm sorry, she she lived um, close by. So we called her right at that end phase and she came around and she brought him in, um, Xavier in. And, and it was probably the last three, five minutes of birth. And Zave got to be there and watch his little brother, you know, join join the family. And it was so amazing because our midwife, she allowed Zave to be a part of it. So he, um, one of the things we did with all of our births, what we actually did a, um, oh my gosh, the name has escaped me right now. We didn't cut the cord. So a lotus birth. So a lotus, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with my brain. So, um, but she wanted um, Xavier. Xavier got to hold the umbilical cord and let her know when it stopped pulsing, so that when then we knew when it was time for me to birth the placenta. So he was like right in there, and it was just like it was surreal that he got to be a part of it. But he had this ownership over this little baby of his now, um, yeah. and yeah, so it was it was really awesome. But as Bodhi ended up being ten pound, um, my body definitely had a hard time recovering after that. It was a beautiful natural birth, but just I think I just that extra month was a little tire extra tiring for me. Um, mm. But feeding wise and everything, it was good. I think just that adjustment from one to two is yeah nothing prepared me for that no can you let's talk about it yeah (laughs) how what it would have obviously been uh, two very contrasting journeys um yeah starting with one and then having like a toddler running around that's it you you have this cocoon that you're kind of in and everyone's taking care of you in the first baby and then the second one is like not there's nappies and there's all these other things and that little guy needs to be fed as well and he needs to know he's special and so um one of the things that I'd learned from a friend was she just said look sometimes Bodhi's gonna cry and he was a really um colicky baby and Anthony was adjusting him so we're doing what we knew chiropractically nutritionally for me that I wasn't eating any foods that were upsetting him either but um sometimes he was just gonna cry and you need to be able to say so that Xavier was in earshot and could see it, that I would say, no, Bodhi, I'm having time with Xavier right now. You need mm. to wait. And so it was really tough, but I'd have those moments where I'd tell Bodhi to wait and he just cried out and <laughs> uh, he wasn't going to, whether I picked him up or not, he wasn't, you know, going to be happy anyway. So mm. in the phase that we were going through and then I'd give Xavier, you know, some attention with a game or something like that. Um, but it was tough. Like, yeah, I that phase of those first kind of three, four months of second baby and just that adjustment. Um, I remember one day Xavier Bodie was on his little play mat and he was just like lying there looking up at whatever. And the next thing he wasn't there anymore. And Xavier had dragged the play mat into another <laughs> room so that he was out of the way because he was taking up too much attention. And then he like, oh. you know, so just just things like that that you just yeah, don't lots of like they got huge emotions and you've got to like deal with that and, yes. and a newborn and <laughs> yeah and then I just um you know I I put on oh, 20 kilos with Bodhi's pregnancy um so then there's that whole emotional journey of your body as well um mm. and just how I was feeling and then trying to you know trying to get two kids in a pram and go for a walk like anytime I see a mom doing that I'm just like high five girl because you are killing it because that was just so challenging for me to try and navigate and 
and not just get so flustered um, from, you know, someone squawking or, you know, trying to get the pram put together so I could go and do something which just, yeah, crazy. So I didn't bother going many places. It just wasn't <laughs> worth it, to be honest. <laughs> I'm actually really, really glad that you shared that story because I remember becoming a mum and just having a meltdown. And this was just with one baby yeah. leaving the house, having a meltdown, and then constantly thinking to myself, why is it so easy for these other women? But it's, you know, everyone's got their own journey. Like you don't know what, if you're looking at another mum, you do not know what she's just gone through to get out of the house. No, that's right. So, yeah, it's a really important, like, topic to bring up because I remember feeling that way with just one baby. So yeah. I couldn't imagine um, my son now being a toddler and getting him and a newborn out of the house. So <laughs> well done. I honestly didn't bother. Like, what's the point? I'm just going to cause myself stress and and it's not necessary. Like, so for me, when I hear friends go to cafes and places with their family, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're, you're um, go you, but not. there's just no way. Like, why would I do that to myself? I remember this time I was at the shop, so Xavier, every time he got in the car, would scream his head off. Like, it did not matter how tired he was as a baby. So I, I literally could drive five minutes down the road and I'd already be like peaking blood pressure, you know, hot, flustered. And I finally got him into the car <laughs> and couldn't fold the freaking pram. And I'm like, I couldn't remember. It was like probably my third time having to fold and unfold this thing. And I couldn't get it into the car and ended up just shoving it in somehow half, half closed, half not. And just <laughs> Such a mess. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, we all go through it. Yeah, we do. <laughs> and then um, we'll move on to your daughter now. What's her yeah. name? Zara. Zara. Um, yeah. So then how many years after Bodie did Zara come along and was she planned? So she's, yeah, two and a bit years as well, two and a couple of months. And, yeah, she was, she was planned. Um, and with Zara, we... Um, I was so sick. Like, oh, were you? I was so sick. I would be cooking the boys their dinner and throwing up in the sink at the same time. Like, it was horrible. And Anthony would, he'd be finishing practice. Um, so, with his Cairo, he'd see patients late sometimes, some nights. I'd literally have to order food for him to pick up on the way home to eat. And sometimes when I was calling to order the food, I'd almost vomit saying the, the order, like, cause I couldn't even think of like the food, let alone order. It was just, it was horrible. So really? I had a really tough four months and I was thinking this must be a girl because my body feels so different to, um, <laughs> to, to the pregnancies besides my Vegemite toast. I couldn't, I, I <laughs> lost weight. I was, yeah, I was a shell for a while. That was really tough. And, you know, juggling two boys that are just nonstop on the go, um, that was not easy. So, yeah, definitely a tough start. Oh, so how long did that last? Yeah, that was a four months. Um, so really. Wow, that would be hard with two kids. Yeah. Already. And because they're hungry, right? They want food, so you've got to prepare them stuff. <laughs> and, and even the smell of whatever I'd prepare them, I'd be in the sink so yeah that was not not fun oh you poor thing that sounds yeah. awful yeah so the plan obviously again was to both at home with marianne it was yeah and so that all went to plan so the, the back part of my pregnancy was great um it's just then i think sometimes like with three i was like oh yeah i've 
I've got a baby in there. I'm getting kicked. And I just, I didn't, I remember first time around, like, oh, I'm this many weeks. They're the size yeah. of avocado. This is amazing. <laughs> my baby's three. It's like, oh, my gosh, yeah, that's right. I'm pregnant. Um, oh, God. No, I'm like, pregnant. <laughs> And and it's kind of it was it was beautiful and special, but it's just different because you mm. just got all these other little people needing you. Um, so you know you don't get the rest you need. You don't you know prioritize that because you kind of can't. Um, so that was definitely challenging. Um, but I um, yeah I went into labor. Somehow our babies knew that Anthony didn't work a Friday, so I literally went into labor with them all on a Thursday Thursday <laughs> night. And I had them on a Friday. So they just gave us the weekend to be able to like really enjoy, which was awesome. So um, went into labor with her. I had a birthing pool this time and um, I really wanted to have like a, a proper water birth, but I knew that if I was to get in there water too early that it would slow things down. Yeah. So I left it right till the last minute to hop in. Um, and, yeah, Marion was there. She, did, she came in about... 10 or so at night um we aunt and i just were watching a movie i just was pacing around whatever the boys were asleep and then um we had her early in the morning and it was a, i think it's about a seven hour labor a very um i just knew what my body was doing i knew what a push was like it was just a different experience um which was really awesome because yeah like that first first push you ever do it's like okay I, I need to, it's just getting my head around it, getting your body around it. So, mm. um, yeah, so when I hopped into the water, we, um, Marion said to me, I'm like kind of looking at her saying, you know, do you want to check me or whatever? She said, no, no, you're all good. Um, and she's like, would you like to do it this time? I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, well, you, you can birth the baby. And I'm like, what? And she's like, you, I got you, like you're okay. So I um, I wasn't expecting that, but her trust in me and my trust in her, um, yeah, I was like, okay. So Anthony went and got the boys, woke them up about five-ish minutes beforehand and they were just sitting on our bed. And, um, and I, yeah, I was able to birth this little one in uh, into the birth pool and when I grabbed her, we had candles. It was a very low-lit um, room and I felt and I, I didn't want I didn't want to think it was a girl and then, you know, like part of me just felt that it was a girl. But, again, if we had another boy, amazing. Like I wasn't attached either way. Yeah. Um, anyway, and I said, I think it's a girl. And it's like, oh, Marion, can you just check because maybe you don't want to. <laughs> don't want to get upset anyway it, it was a little girl and um yeah the boys just got to watch on and and be a part of that which was pretty awesome that's so yeah. incredible because Zave would have been what about five four, yeah he was four at the time and he it was just and the next morning they woke up they're like where's my baby you know and they wanted to see her and they just it was really special and I was I definitely I didn't know how that would go I didn't know if they'd freak out if I'd make a noise mm. like you just don't know but it just um I think it helped that they were sleepy from yeah. just woke <laughs> up um but they were so I guess they I guess they felt the energy in that space and they just um yeah, we're we're just in awe of of seeing this little this little creature. So, um, mm. so that was that was pretty cool. I love it. I love seeing families being involved with birth. I think it's beautiful. I think it's normalizing birth for the next yes. generation. 
Yes, absolutely. Uh, and then how how we had to go now with three kids. Yeah, that was, um, so at that time I had, with our business, I had some staff working out of a home office of where we were living. So life was, there was no cocoon. <laughs> yeah. It was just, yeah, oh, the kid needs to get there and there and, oh, there's staff downstairs that have got a question for you. Okay. So I, I guess having our own business as well, I didn't have maternity leave. Um, and it was great because like, my babies were always with me, but I never really, my brain never got to switch off and just be in mama mode, if that makes sense. Mm. And um, and so the whole, when I get to see other women have their, their six or their nine months where it's just them and baby, I, I really love that because I think um, part of me is a little sad I didn't have that. In saying that, they were always with us. And, um, you know, but life was just a little, a little full on. Yeah, because you guys owned like a bunch of chiropractor clinics at this time. Yeah, we had like 35 staff, five centres. Like there was a lot of moving parts to our world. And um, fortunately there was a, like a family daycare across the road from our house. So we were able just to walk Xavier across. He would do like a couple of days a week there. So that would give us a little bit of breathing room. By that time as well, I had, um, had a, a lady helping me out a couple of days with the kids too, just so that I could step into business, but also be there with them. And yeah. that definitely helped because we didn't have family living close by, mm. um, which was, yeah. So it, it was a juggle, but I think, you know, it's just a beautiful chaos. And, and I think what I learned is the less rules you have and the less expectations you have on how it needs to look, um, the the more um, the better the journey for you. you yeah, know, you think the kitchen needs to be like this, and the laundry, and the kids shouldn't make a mess, and you know the, they shouldn't wake up their sister while she's sleeping. Like you just you just got to embrace the embrace the mess. And um, yeah, as I started to learn that for myself and have less and less rules, the journey got a lot easier. Yeah, one day you're definitely going to miss the mess. Absolutely. And even now, mm-hmm. like, they're so independent. Like, they they make poached eggs and they cook up meals <laughs> and they, they leave a total trail of destruction. But, <laughs> but I know I'll, I'll, the, it's not that long away until they're off exploring their own world. And so, yeah, I think whilst it can be, it feels a little full on at the time, it really is special yeah absolutely and you breastfed all three didn't you I did I fed them all till um 18 months uh, at least and what was tough was when I was pregnant with Bodie my second I was still feeding Xavier um that was that was tough because I we, we were traveling at the time and I, I just knew it was easier for flights and things for, for me to be able to feed him and he was comfortable and if his ears needed to pop or whatever it was just an easy thing but for on my body being not feeling great and then mm. feeding him and being pregnant and having crawling all over my belly that was definitely um challenging but yeah I I fed them all and so they were in our bed until um, between nine and 12 months. And then we slowly transitioned them out into their own rooms. But um, yeah, I was still feeding them for a good amount of time after that. Oh, that's incredible. So you had a really good breastfeeding journey with my, with all of them. I did. Yeah. There was never a problem with them feeding. I had definitely had mastitis a few times and that was really tough. Um, and just healing that naturally. Um, yeah. But it just, I think I just knew I was doing too much and, and, 
burning the candle and so it was just that reminder to slow down and and take care of myself again yeah um all right so i don't know if you will remember but do you remember what the like overall cost was for like a home birth yeah i think um i feel like it was so we'd say it was about three and a half grand i think and then eventually it went up to five um for zara i'm pretty sure she was five um and so i yeah i didn't have any expenses outside of that um because i wasn't going to a the scan and all that stuff. Yep. So that wasn't yeah. part of it. Um, and then it was just some of the herbs and the homeopathics that my midwife was recommending for me to have during pregnancy or during labor that I, um, that I, you know, got as well. Mm. Are you still connected with your midwife? Yeah. Every birthday of the kids, I message her and I just say thank you. Cause she, yeah, she was just a huge source of strength for me and she doesn't birth anymore. Um, but she just, yeah, I had this connection that I think I'll, I, I'll have with her forever because of what we got to share. That's so amazing. I feel like being a midwife would be such a rewarding job. I agree. And I feel like it's, I, I remember saying to her, Marion, who's going to do what you do when you don't anymore? Because I think sometimes uh, as things become more clinical, uh, she learned not via going to midwife school, but being she did um, like 400 births with an amazing doctor and learned from him through experience, not through a textbook. And she mm. knows all this stuff. And I'm like, I just want to pull as much out of you as I can, which hence a lot of that wisdom I put into my book because I interviewed her and just asked all these questions and just she um, – you just had seen so much and yeah so i i think midwives and doulas are incredible and we need more of them yeah it just it gives that beautiful safety net and an environment for women to pregnancy is not an illness it's it's a beautiful experience that we get to move through and with the right support around us um, we really can have a, an amazing experience i agree wholeheartedly mm. and Another thing I wanted to ask you about, so you, Anthony, three kids, you've got like 35 staff, all these chiropractor clinics, but you guys did pretty much like a complete pivot in life and (laughs) sold up and changed basically your life. Can you tell us a little bit about the decision to do that and how it changed for you guys? Yeah, well, um, so we... Amongst all that chaos of three children, that's when Liam came and lived with us and we filmed the doco. So Zara was almost one at that time. Um, so we had a film crew, like that was just a whole nother level of hectic that um, we had going on. And then uh, Anthony's mama got unwell and um, she ended up passing from cancer and her and her husband lived with us for the last three months of her life. So... We had all of that staff, people in our house, and we ended up moving our office staff out of, of the home office and, and um, Aunt's parents moved in. And um, and we got to just be with her and be present with her and the kids just smothering her with unconditional love even though, you know, she was looking different and all of those things that she was going through. And it just had us kind of go, hang on a second, like, our life is so full on. Yes, we're making a difference and that's great. 
but what are we doing it for? And so that was a catalyst. And I really think whilst her passing was so sad, the blessing that that gave to our family was just a real look. We just had a look at our life and went, this is not serving us anymore. And if we keep doing more of this, um, we will just be busier and possibly not as connected as we thought. And all of those things that we had visioned wasn't coming to reality. So it was then that we we moved. So we moved further south to a smaller little um, town called Casuarina on the beach. It was just a sleepy little beach town. And um, we made decisions to start selling our centres and transition to online so that we could have more just flexibility and less stress and overheads and all of the things that were coming with traditional business. So um, that was a big shift for us. And then in the last year, so that was eight years ago, we started making that shift. And then in this past 12 months, we've gone even further and gone to farm and we've got cows and alpacas and we've got pigs and like all of these things. And so our life is very much shifted. And I think the catalyst for, for that was really, um, yeah, having that opportunity to look at life and go, if we don't change something now, like what are we missing out on and, and how do we want it to be? And and we kind of looking at our kids now going, we've we've got, you know, with Xavier, we've got five more summers with him maybe yeah. before he's gone and five more winters and what do we want those winters and summers to look like and how do we make them special and memorable and versus it just be a blur, you know. Mm. Um and so that's been, yeah, our driving force and why I guess we do what we do and we're so passionate now about that is just helping other families create whatever that thing looks like. It could be travelling around Australia or just slowing down more and simplifying life um, or just, you know, saying no to some things. Yeah, incredible. Super inspiring. <laughs> so I've got... One last question for you before we say goodbye. Um, If you could give one piece of advice to a mama who is about to embark on this journey, what would it be? I would say that you can have the best of intention of how you want pregnancy to look like, birth to look like, raising a family to look like. Um, Sometimes it doesn't go that way and if it doesn't, just to be, to give yourself grace and to know that your intuition is is speaking to you for a reason. Um, I think it can be easy to, to be swayed by the opinions of others and of how you choose to parent if you choose to breastfeed too long in their eyes or not enough in their eyes or why is your child sleeping in your bed or why aren't you having a scan or what like all of those things can just come at you from well-meaning people that love you that don't understand maybe some of your choices and just circling back and trusting your own intuition um, alongside of your partner and just knowing that it's your family unit and that you're going to make the best decisions for that family that you're creating and building. And so um, the plan isn't always the way it works out. And like I was prepared that, you know, if my home birth needed to transfer and something was to happen, that was not ideal. It wasn't what I wanted, but we knew that that could be a possibility and being okay with however it works out because, you know, you have a, a beautiful baby in your arms at the end of it and then just giving you grace 
giving yourself grace along the journey. Amazing advice. Well, Kate, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. I've absolutely loved getting to know you a little bit more and sharing your journey. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And um, yeah, I I just think you're doing amazing bringing more of these beautiful birth stories to um, the conversation because I think some of these conversations they just don't happen enough and um, and and women felt can feel quite alone in their emotions and birthing and pregnancy journey. So you're doing an amazing job. Thank you so much, Kate. Awesome episode. I love that Kate just fully trusted her, her body, her baby, her intuition. There's so many beautiful golden nuggets from that episode. I absolutely loved it. The book that Kate was talking about that she couldn't remember was Gentle Birth, Gentle Mothering by Sarah Buckley. I'll add that into the show notes. And most of the stuff that Kate talked about, um, the documentary podcast book, you can find on her website, which is www.kategole.com. I'll add all of that information into the show notes. And uh, after this, after we recorded this episode, Kate actually sent me a copy of her book to read and I finished it in a couple of days. It's a beautiful book. Um, so much knowledge in there, so many beautiful words of wisdom. So I recommend that you check that out. And as I mentioned in the show, I have personally watched the documentary Overfed and Undernourished. It is a beautiful documentary, so important for raising kids in today's time. I highly recommend get together with your girlfriends, rent it out, um, give it a watch. And while you're there, if you're having a bit of a watch party, I'd recommend watching a documentary called Birth Time as well. It was made by Australian women about birthing in the Australian system. It's also an amazing documentary for you to watch. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you guys next time on the show. The information and opinions presented in this podcast are for educational and entertainment purposes only. While I may discuss pregnancy, birth and postpartum topics, I'm not a medical professional and the information provided should not be construed as medical advice. I strongly encourage my listeners to consult with their own healthcare provider before making any changes in your pregnancy and birth journey based on the information you hear on this podcast or elsewhere. Remember, the information provided in this podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any health concerns or questions, please seek the guidance of a licensed medical professional. Thanks for listening. Remember, Mama, you're everything that your baby needs and you're doing an amazing job. Mm